chapter 1, uh, Nebuchadnezzar invaded Judah and took with him some of the sharpest young men that he could train, i.e. brainwash, in Babylonian culture, customs, language, etc., to mold for his own personal service. He gives them special food, special education, special new names, trying to really uh, give them a Babylonian identity. Um, Probably, just from a variety of considerations, we're probably dealing with early to mid-teenage boys. You know, it's unlikely he's trying to reform the mentality of people older than that. And we know that when Daniel was in the lion's den, it was, you know, 65 years after this. And, uh, you know, unless we're expecting that he was a 100-year-old Daniel, even an 80-year-old Daniel is pretty old for that experience. So I think it's probably best to assume uh, early to mid-teenage here. Uh, which makes all of this a bit more striking in terms of the courage and conviction that Daniel demonstrates. And I think one of the uh, <coughs> purposes of the book of Daniel is to demonstrate how God's people should live in foreign lands. You know, how do you deal with this experience? This is a new experience that the Israelites were going through Eventually, all the Israelites are going to be uh, brought away from uh, Israel uh, and, and be in Babylon. And, uh, you know, it's a good lesson for us. We're in a foreign land. We're citizens of heaven. How do we deal with the cultural and social pressures? You know, and so I think, I think there's a lot to be learned from that. Do you have some questions or comments uh, through verse 7? All right, 8 to 16. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. And the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I am afraid of my lord the king who has appointed your food and your drink. For why should he see your faces looking more haggard than the youths who are your own age? Then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. But Daniel said to the overseer, whom the commander of the officials had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Please test your servants for ten days, and let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be observed in your presence, and the appearance of the youths who are eating the king's choice food, and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in the matter and tested them for ten days. And at the end of ten days, their appearance seemed better, uh, and they were fatter than all the youths who had been eating the king's choice food. So the overseer continued to withhold their choice food and the wine they were to drink and kept giving them vegetables. So how are they going to adapt to an environment that is not sympathetic to their religious convictions? And the first real test comes on the matter of food. Not the first time food has been a test for uh, people. You can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden and see that. Um, and in this case, what's the problem? It's not 
I think that's probably the case. Daniel's determined not to defile himself with this food. I'm guessing it was unclean by the standards of Leviticus uh, uh, chapter 11. And that that's what the problem was. There are perhaps some other possibilities. But what was Daniel's attitude about this? How, what, was, what was kind of his uh, process in this question? I, I think it's interesting to notice that his first concern is God. He, de- he decides what he's going to do about what God has said. And then he decides how he's going to deal with that. Excellent point. Exactly. The first thing Daniel does is to make up his mind what he's going to do. Now, how that's going to work itself out, he has to deal with various officials to see what he can get worked out. But his decision's already made. He firmly resolved. You know, he made up his mind. He would not defile himself. He's not going to do that. That's already decided. If that's not decided, and we're just like, well, I'd prefer not defiling myself if I could avoid it, then what happens? First time it gets a little sticky. Well, I I wanted to not defile myself, but, you know, I guess it's not going to work. That's too often what we do. You know, it's like, well, I sure don't want to. You know, I, 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 you know I'll, I'll do what I can. Well, the devil's always going to make it inconvenient. You know, so I love Daniel's absolute determination. And, and this would be difficult. I mean, who knows what he may give up the chance on by forfeiting the food. Who knows what kind of trouble he may get into. And he's, you know, a young man long ways away from home. I mean, you know, I don't know. Can you imagine? I could imagine in a lot of circles them making fun of Daniel not having the stomach for the real food. He had to eat his mama's cooking or whatever. You know, you could imagine, you know, risking his uh, reputation socially. Uh, but he made up his mind. He's not going to defile himself. So what does he do? Tried to, he tried to accomplish it without causing a big stir first. <laughs> Who did he go to? Commander of the officials. Which I'm assuming is Ashpenaz of verse 3. He doesn't give his name again here, though, so I'm not positive about that. But um, and what's uh, Ashpenaz's, or at least the commander of the officials, attitude here about this? He's okay with it, except... He doesn't want to take. He doesn't want any risk or any responsibility for himself. He's afraid that he might not only lose his job but also his head. You know, uh, what if the king sees you looking worse? I, we, I, I, you know, love you and appreciate you and respect you and all that, but we can't do this. You know, basically, in a very nice way, <laughs> the commander of, of the officials gives him a note. He'd like to, but he can't risk it. Now, there's a lot of people who would have taken that note and said, well, I would have. God didn't let me. You know, I mean, he said no. So, there we have it. That's not the way Daniel approaches this, though, because of his prior firmly made decision. What does Daniel do next? 
talk to somebody else. Who does he talk to? It's like he goes down the chain of command. I believe he does. Instead of up. He goes to who? Calls him the overseer. Yes. In verse 11, that the one previously that he had spoken to had placed over these men. So this is the guy that's directly in charge of the men, of the young men, and probably of the food and so forth. So he talked, I'm assuming, to this guy's boss who said no. Now he turns around and talks to the guy who's immediately responsible for the food, and he uses a slightly different approach with him. What does he suggest? test us for 10 days and see how it works. See how we look. Now, think about the things that Daniel did not do when he got the note. He didn't give up. He didn't panic. He didn't get mad. He didn't get discouraged. He just utilized a different strategy. You know, change people he's talking to change the plan and try again. You know, with Daniel, the only question is, is there a way to do this without it having extremely negative consequences to him? Uh, If he can work it out, great. But what do you suppose Daniel would have done if they'd all told him no? Whatever the penalty was, he wasn't going to defile himself with food. He'd already decided that. That's not the question. The question is, you know, what is the procedure that's going to be used here? Is he going to have to just close his mouth? Or are they going to agree to some sort of an alternative arrangement? And in this case, the Lord gives him the blessing of this overseer listening to them and testing him for ten days. And lo and behold, what happens? They look better, which all goes to show you you're going to be healthier if you eat vegetables. (laughs) Right? Is that what you learn out of this? It's obviously miraculous. Yeah. Had nothing to do with the food itself, (laughs) even though I really like vegetables. Uh, This is the Lord. Yeah, it's it's not at all saying what kind of food is good for you, bad for you. This is not a natural occurrence. You know, undoubtedly the Babylonian king was giving the best food their current nutritional experts had come up with, you know. Of course, that changes about every ten years. So who knows what they were thinking at that point in time. You know, but... Uh, but but it's it's because of the Lord. The Lord blesses the persistence and determination of Daniel. He looks better. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what makes you wonder if they changed all the rations to that? <laughs> uh, all right, comments or questions on these uh, first sixteen verses? I guess we have to assume that the rest of them did not do this because the. Uh that's my assumption. They compared them to the rest of the youths. That's that would be what I would think as well. What? Uh, wait, did it say what the delicacies were? Did I roll with that? No, I don't think so. I have the king's choice food in okay. mind. Because it specifically says vegetables and yeah, like verse twelve and so on. Yeah, so it I'm, does. 
I didn't know if, it, if I ever looked at what the delicacies were. No, but I guess they must have been some non-vegetable items. I guess. Maybe meats or... Cameron. In verse 15, it says that they were fatted. Does that mean vegetables make you fat? <laughs> well... It's better when you're fat. Yeah. <laughs> so, you need to eat your vegetables, Fill <laughs> <laughs> yourself out a little bit. Does it just mean kind of how, like... Well, I know we look fatter than some people in third world countries. You know what I mean? But we're not actually fat. Yeah, I, I just think all of this... I mean, in a natural sense... Are 10 days of anything going to change your appearance that much? You know, I mean, maybe poison or something might make you dead in 10 days, but, you know, as far as getting a 10-day real bounce in your appearance by eating something, I doubt that yeah. in a natural way. Well, yeah. they advertise that stuff on infomercials all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I spent thousands on that. Yeah. Well, it just 10 you, days for those. Can't you tell? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> The NIV reads in 15 that they they seemed healthier and they were better nourished than all the Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, who knows? Maybe they were healthier. Maybe these infomercial things make you healthier because it lightens your pocketbook. And, uh, you and know, carry that weight around. You're bouncing your scalp. That That's right. Diet plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose these foods could have been sacrificed to idols too or something. I think that would be another option. It's not my preference, but it's another option. And if it was, it was obviously only the meat, not the vegetables that were... But that would make sense. That would be normally how that would mm -hmm. be done. That's correct. Although I don't know of any... Are there any unclean restrictions on vegetables? I, I can't remember any. I think it's all meats that, yeah. you know, are unclean. I'm sorry, one more time. What was the other viewpoint that you thought that I think Ariel mentioned before at the beginning of... Or I thought they're just unclean by the standards of Levitic, Leviticus 11. Oh, okay, like with the hose. I never yeah. talked about that. That's okay, that's okay. Hose and cut and all that. Okay. Things the exact same idea as in verse 20. Where the chapter talking about how they were ten times better in all their wisdom. It's not that they studied harder on things, it's probably that the Lord blessed them. Sure. It's the exact same thing with the idea of of looking better and being better is the fact that the Lord blessed them. Sometimes we don't see the Lord's hand when we ought to. Mm -hmm. Other comments and questions? <coughs> well, 17 to 21. As for these uh, four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be uh, brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first uh, year of King Cyrus. Okay, so how do Daniel and his three friends fare in this training program? Top of class. Yeah, they were. Better than all the others wiser uh, and and greatly respected. 
Uh, and we're going to see that they enter the king's personal service, and they actually, Daniel particularly, rises to a position of great prominence over a period of time because of his capacity. God has blessed him. This also kind of sets us up for Daniel's God-given wisdom in interpreting dreams and having visions and so forth later on. And the text says in 21, Daniel continued until the first year Cyrus the king. That is, not that that's when he stopped, but he continues all the way till Cyrus who was the king of Medo-Persia, he continues clear till the Babylonians have been conquered by the Persians. He outlasts their conquerors. Isn't that impressive? You know, when the kingdom passed to another empire, the man who foresaw that was still you know, living and active in government service. So that that's, uh, just shows you the Lord was with Daniel, and not necessarily with those who appeared to have the upper hand over Daniel at this moment in time. Comments and questions on Daniel chapter 1? And in some ways, they, <coughs> the Babylonians might be able to take... You can see where they would want to say, well, we really trained this man to be as wise as he was. Well, uh, you can't teach. Verse 17, you can't teach to be able to understand dreams. That's something you can't <laughs> teach. So in some ways, it's even, I think, in some ways, God's saying, uh, Lord, here's something that you can't take credit for. This is something only I can take credit for. And it makes Daniel sound out as his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very encouraging, impressive. Great lessons. You know, let's let's... Think about Daniel as a model for us. How do we deal with our faith in an alien culture? You know, how do we deal with uh, issues that come up and where the authority figures may be wanting us to do something that's wrong, etc. This kind of conviction, determination, um, excellent attitude all the way around on Daniel's part. Great way to begin this book. Alright, chapter 2. Um... We have a phenomena here that I think I'm going to go ahead and talk.